throughout the United States. Uh, Ken Leonard is here with us tonight from the uh, Church of Christ Disaster Relief Ministry. He lives in Forney, Texas. Uh, one of the greatest things about him is he owns a pecan orchard. And for those of us who like pecan pie, he, we shall rise up and call him blessed. He's a member of the Valley Creek Church of Christ in Mesquite, Texas. He's been married for 33 years to his wife, Lori, who he met at ACU and liberated as he arrives from California to Texas. They have three kiddos, two grandkids. He's attended various uh, institutions of higher learning. He is a a former youth minister, former deacon, but uh, he has been heavily involved throughout his life in public service. He has been the, uh, the Kaufman County Commissioner. He was there for eight years. He's been the president of the Forney Economic Development Corporation. He's been a, a Forney City Councilman. He's also been involved with all kinds of emergency services from the American Red Cross, has run different shelters with different agencies for, for some of the disasters that, um, that have happened here in the United States. He has uh, been an instructor, uh, uh, a certified instructor in these areas and helping people to be more effective when it comes to managing crisis and disasters in the areas where they live. Uh, we are excited that he is here tonight. There is, there is nothing uh, more impacting when somebody is going through a disaster, a crisis, turmoil, uh, major trouble in their life than for someone to show up unexpectedly in the name of Jesus and they're kind and patient and loving and generous. And our church has been involved with, uh, with this ministry for a number of years. I'm going to sit down so that we can give him as much time as possible to speak. But Ken, come talk to us about what's happening with this ministry. Thank you for being here. Excited to be here at MacArthur Park. Um, uh, I grew up in Floresville, Texas. Uh, of course, I've lived uh, most of my adult life in, in uh, outside of Dallas, uh, and uh, I have been involved in in disaster relief, and I've been all over the country with the American Red Cross. Uh, a few months ago, and I would encounter Churches of Christ disaster relief in. Uh, places like Iowa and Arkansas and Oklahoma and uh, uh, and in Texas here. Um, as a matter of fact, last Sunday I preached at uh, Lavernia Church of Christ, and Lavernia has been on both ends. They've been a supporter of Churches of Christ disaster relief, and they have been a recipient uh, when they had the floods back in, uh, I believe, 1998. Uh, they, we sent food. We sent several truckloads of appliances, and... Uh, the cool thing about Churches of Christ Disaster Relief is that we depend on the local church to distribute uh, the goods that we have. Um, it, it's, it's been kind of a homecoming this week uh, since I live in the Dallas area. Uh, my mom and uh, my two, two of my brothers are here uh, this, this evening. And, uh, but I've been able to uh, see a lot of the places that, that, that I was that I don't get to see all the time growing up. Um, and uh, one of the things I got to see was our old house in Floresville that, uh, that I basically grew up in. And, and, uh, and, I, and I remembered something this week. I remembered after I graduated from high school, uh, my, and I got ready to go off to college at Abilene Christian, my mom and dad just loaded me with advice. And uh, it was, uh, it, you know, it was 
trying to sum up everything that they had taught me my entire life. And uh, uh, it was like, you know, just trying to drum it into my teenage head at the last minute before I, before I went off on my own. Uh, and uh, I have to tell you, they did a pretty good job of, of, uh, of raising me and reinforcing the things that they had taught me. 25 years later, uh, of course, I met my wife at, at Abilene Christian literally uh, a week after I, I drove away and watched them in my rearview mirror and cried on the way to Abilene. I met the girl from California who was going to later be my wife, and uh, we've been married 33 years. Uh, 25 years after I took off for college, uh, I was going through exactly the same thing with TJ, my oldest son, when he went off to college at Harding. And it was my wife and I that were trying to uh, give a, a, to sum up everything that we had tried to teach him because it's scary um, uh, watching him go off to college. And we watched him get in his little yellow Saturn and take off for, for Arkansas. Uh, and that was, a, that was a kind of scary thing. Um, and when... When I was in Floresville, I was thinking about that Jesus went through the same thing. Um, he knew what was going to happen. And two days before Pentecost, uh, he, he, taught his, uh, he taught some, some lessons, some last-minute loving lessons to his disciples. And that's, that's what I want to point out is the things that you tell uh, your kids, when you send them off to college, the things your mom and dad told you are the things that are, that are extremely important. And um, in Matthew 25, starting in, in uh, verse 15, uh, Jesus ended, uh, of course, it's, you know, he's talking about the parable of the virgins, the parable of the talents, and, um, but it, he wrapped it up by telling, by saying this, for I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was hungry, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer, Lord, when did, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we, we see you a stranger and invite you in or needed clothes and clothed you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for me, uh, for, for, whatever you did for one of the least of these, my, these brothers of mine, you did for me. And uh, like I said, that was just a few days before uh, that was only two days before Pentecost. He knew what was going to happen. And he was entrusting not just uh, the future life of, of his kids like my mom and dad and, and uh, I did with my kids. He was literally entrusting the future of the world with his, with his followers. And he is trying to drum that into his head. These are the things that are important. Um, You know, uh, my my wife uh, travels a lot with her work, and one of the things uh, that I didn't tell is we were blessed to be able to homeschool our kids for four years, and I was the one who actually did most of the homeschooling. Uh, 
And when she had to travel, we would load them up in the car and we would, uh, we would go with them. Um, and uh, uh, throughout the country, uh, you know, traveling around, I run into, a, you know, we, we run into a lot of people hitchhiking. We see people standing on the street corner asking them for food. And, and, uh, and, and I think about this scripture whenever, whenever that happens. And, of course, you have to, you, first and foremost, you have to look after the safety of your family. But uh, one day I was stopped at an intersection, and there was, a, there was a man holding a sign, and I was actually doing my best to ignore him. And I saw he was pointing, and what he was pointing to was the donut that was on the dashboard of my car that I had just bought. And I felt bad. <laughs> I mean, and so I gave him the donut, and because I work for the Red Cross and I never know when I'm going to be out and not being able to get something to eat, I had two packets of tuna fish in the console of my SUV. So I said, wait a minute, and I dug out those two packets of tuna fish, and I gave them the tuna fish. I, I'm, I'm still a big stickler about not giving people cash. I'm sorry. I can't do it. But, but I gave them the donut. I gave them some tuna fish, and then a thought occurred to me to start carrying tuna and crackers in the console of my SUV. And, uh, and then I thought about, you know, that that's actually a pretty good idea. Because if the person I'm helping doesn't like fish and unleavened bread, you, you see where this is going. <laughs> Actually, it, you think you know where it's going because uh, if they don't like fish and unleavened bread, if you think that it's not Jesus, you missed the whole point of the story. <laughs> because he said, if you help the least of these, my brethren, uh, you did it for me. And um, at Churches of Christ Disaster Relief, uh, that's what we do. Um, and think about who who wasn't there when Paul when when Jesus told that when he said, "When I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. When I was thirsty, you gave something to drink." Uh, one of the people that wasn't there was the Apostle Paul. But it's obvious that Paul got the message because the scripture that we hear all the time is uh, 1 Corinthians 16, uh, starting with verse 1, when Paul says, Now about the collection for God's people, do what I told the Galatian church to do. On the, on the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income, saving it up, so that when I come, no collections will be made. When I arrive, I will give letters of introduction to the men you approve and send them with your gift to Jerusalem. It seems advisable me, if it seems advisable for me to go also, I will, that they will accompany me. And I apologize. I cannot see as well as I used to uh, now that I'm older. Um, but what was going on in the church of Jerusalem uh, or in Jerusalem in the area of Judea, there there had been a terrible flood, and uh, so and it was at exactly the wrong time of year because the crops all flooded. That was followed by several years of drought, and here in San Antonio, Texas, we know exactly what drought is like. Uh, um, I, I can tell you, if you own a pecan orchard in Forney, Texas, you really know what a drought is like because you've got to go water pecan trees. Uh, but uh, it was followed by several years of drought. Now, they were under the occupation of the Romans, and if nothing else, the Romans were resourceful. 
They could get goods there. It was just expensive as anything. And people, people, there was food available if you could buy it, but it was just very, very expensive. And if there are estimates that the church at Jerusalem at that time was as many as 130,000 people. I mean, it was huge. Um, but here Paul is writing to these little, these small, smaller congregations that had been established in, in Galatia and in Corinth and asking them to help the brethren in, in Jerusalem. Uh, now, the, church, the members of the church at Jerusalem, the obvious thing is you're, if you're being occupied by military forces to go see if you can get some food from the military. The problem with that was there were some zealots called Sechem, which literally means dagger men that carried daggers under their robes. And if they felt like you were cooperating with the Roman troops, they would come up behind you and you, did, you were gone. And so they had to go through this balancing act of needing to get food to feed their family and to have to worry about retaliation if they were perceived as being too close to the Roman government. So it was, it was a scary proposition. The cool thing to me is here is this huge church at Jerusalem that's accepting uh, help from these small congregations that had been established uh, uh, mostly on Paul's missionary journeys. How cool is that, 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 that this huge congregation would accept uh, accept help from from these smaller congregations. I, th I think it, it's a it's really a, a, a cool legacy that's been left to us. Um, we know that uh, that they responded because over in Second Corinthians the eighth chapter, Paul said, "And now, brethren, we want we want you to know that the grace of God has given the Macedonian churches out of the most severe trial." Their overwhelming joy and extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, entirely on their, on their own. They urgently pled with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. And they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us, keeping with God's will. So we, so we urged. Uh, uh, so we urged. Well, that, that goes on to the next scripture. But we know that they gave above and beyond anything the church at Jerusalem expected, certainly more than, than Paul has, had expected. Um, in 19, about 1980, Churches of Christ Disaster Relief was, was started. That's when it was in its infancy. And it's grown a little bit every year. This last year, um, if you it, there's some handouts that are that are pink like this, uh, and if you look at these, this lists all of the congregation the congregations that we have helped across the country. Just last year, we gave out uh, over nine million dollars in assistance to churches. Um, this this week, I met with a couple of deacons from a church in Austin that worked really closely with Bastrop. And they said the, the the response in this area to the fires in Bastrop has been just overwhelming. Uh, Churches of Christ Disaster Relief by itself gave over $330,000 in assistance to the fire victims in Bastrop. 
But we're right in the middle of the Bible Belt. It was churches like y'all uh, that that sent help to Bastrop, and a lot of people sent uh, went up there and helped people rebuild, and and it's been a tremendous outpouring. Where it's a problem is places like Vermont, uh, Pennsylvania, um, uh, New York, uh, places where the church doesn't have a lot of members, is not doesn't have a big presence. But the when a disaster hits, the the travesty is just as real. Uh, that's when we absolutely shock uh, communities. When and a lot of times it's Church of Christ disaster relief that will call the Church of Christ in that area and tell them we have truckloads of food if y'all will agree to distribute it. Uh, we have appliances, we have bedding, we have clothes, we have shoes. And we will send assistance to them not asking anything in return. And uh, when the community sees that the churches of Christ are capable of just pouring out the generosity that y'all exhibit by supporting this ministry, and yeah, it is just tremendous. And there are cases where the congregation, uh, a year after the disaster, has doubled the attendance they had before the disaster. I mean, to me, that's just that is just amazing. Um, I have a I have a video. We're in the process of redoing it, and we're making it better. But it really show. I want you to pay attention to the brethren in Tennessee. I mean, I am just amazed at what they've done. We kind of fancy ourselves being the buckle of the Bible Belt here in Texas. Uh, but I am just overwhelmed by what the brethren in Tennessee and, and Alabama and Mississippi and Georgia and Kentucky have put together. And what they do, what you see is members of the church from all around, not just Tennessee, but surrounding states that will get together in a disaster, pack up boxes and get things ready to go to the disaster. We have trucks that are ready to go right now. I mean, we last... Uh, Last week and week before last, we were sending trucks to Alabama for the uh, for the victims down in down in Alabama, and we always work through the local church. So when somebody sees uh, the Church of Christ come up, it's a member of their uh, their local community. It's somebody from the local church that's bringing them assistance, which which I think is awesome. There's a huge sign in our warehouse. We there in Tennessee, uh, we have a what used to be a Lowe's warehouse. And we've just doubled the capacity and put in 5,000 square feet of, of freezer space so we can send refrigerated trucks with TV dinners and respond even faster so people don't even have to cook what we send. Um, but uh, um, we have trucks that are ready to go. I mean, if there's a disaster here in North San Antonio, all y'all have to do is call us. And if you don't call us, we'll call you. And we'll ask the elders if they will oversee distributing goods. And, and it's literally the time it takes to line up a volunteer to drive from Nashville to San Antonio, Texas, to get, to get relief here. And uh, the cool thing is because of our agreements with uh, food manufacturers and, and uh, uh, suppliers, Food in the in the first place, we buy a whole lot of cans that the tape labels getting ripped rip, gotten ripped off in the manufacturing process. They will put everything on a pallet uh, and literally sell it to us for pennies on the dollar. And then we have members of the church that are volunteers that will put 
a computer-generated label on it so we know what's in it, we know what the expiration date is. We're not just giving people uh, something that we don't, we don't, we have no idea what's in it. Uh, but we box up enough food to last two people for two weeks. And we have those all, all in trucks. If the local church were to try to do the same thing, it would cost about three times as much as, as it costs us to do it. And one of those semi-trucks that you'll see in the video uh, is worth about uh, $80,000 in food. So like I say, to a local community, it is just a, a blessing. Uh, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna let y'all see the video now. Solid black back there, and I told him it was coming, and then we run to the the hallway in their house, and that's the only thing that saved us. Yeah, it's unreal. At the church where Gene Chancellor has attended all of his life, I just total destruction. You know, it's it's no repairing this. This is the first time he uses his video camera to record something other than a Sunday morning sermon. It's something you hope you never see. See it on TV, but you know it's hard to believe it can happen. You know, at your at your home. Several state, local, and private agencies are joining hands now to help families displaced by the wave of storms. Channel 4's Darian Trotter is live at the Churches of Christ Disaster Relief Warehouse with more. And Demetria, the warehouse is closed right now, but in the morning the operation will run like clockwork as dozens of volunteers work to pack boxes of food for families. We've got a large crew here today, as you can see, and they're working, and uh, what we're trying to do is get uh, about 1,500 boxes together. It's just a wonder to have all these people and to think of all the people that we'll be able to help as a result of this. Whether it's a flood, a tornado, or a hurricane, when disaster strikes in the continental United States, the Churches of Christ disaster relief effort is ready to respond. Truckloads of emergency food, water, cleaning, and other supplies are sent to congregations for distribution to victims in the disaster areas. The Churches of Christ disaster relief effort began in 1991. Joe Dudney is the executive director. You see, uh, we have supplies available on on the pallets here. We don't have to pass the hat and get cash. It's already here. We're ready to go. And of course, we, we're buying every day to replace what's on the shelf. But we're we're always got it on the shelf, ready to go. Three loads went out of here last Tuesday, going in, to the flood people. So and we are still going after it and we're going to go back to them we're going to stay with it till we get everybody uh taken care of we'll also be shipping beds and appliances and that kind of thing at a, a little later date there is no organization that i feel more confident with uh than this one they respond to every major disaster right now we are in uh david lipscomb university at their summer celebration as you can tell by the display in the background, we're here telling the, the people what disaster relief is all about. 
The floodwaters came so fast, hundreds of residents had nowhere to go but up. In parts of North Texas, up to 10 inches of rain fell this morning in just a few hours. Natasha Collins tried to escape by boat with her four-year-old daughter. I had her, and we were in the boat, and our boat capsized. Her daughter drowned. When was the last time you saw her? When the current took her out of my arm. Even here in Nashville, we just suffered a major flooding, uh, unparalleled as far as this area is concerned. So you never know what's going to happen in your community. And so when it does, you need to be prepared. For those of you who have never lived through it, it until you live through it, you really don't know what it feels like. Terry Hobach was home just minutes before the storm hit. His daughter and granddaughters were supposed to be home, but he could not find them when he arrived there. And I went back there, thought they might be in it. And I come out of there and made it to the kitchen. That everything come down on top of them. And The houses mean nothing. The family means everything. Everything. Oh, I'll tell you, Geraldo, it's going to be a, uh, an incredible disaster. I know how those people are down there, and, uh, and I'd like somebody to help me in, in case something happens like that to me. While church food pantries and clothing rooms are a great benevolence outreach, when a major disaster strikes, local congregations are often overwhelmed in how best to respond to the need. The Churches of Christ disaster relief effort can help by providing large quantities of pre-boxed relief supplies for distribution to victims in the disaster area. I would not hesitate one minute to work with uh, disaster relief. Uh, they have a super organization, uh, the folks we talk with. and. Uh, uh, that communicate with us are super to work with. Uh, they really work through the efforts of the local congregation. They bring the supplies to you and let you distribute them. They're one of the best uh, things going in the Brotherhood. These boxes and this relief stuff, we were able to, because we were able to get it so quick, we were able to become a center um, for distribution uh, in our community. I appreciate Disaster Relief's role in that, helping us to be able to, to do that. Just, I mean, it's overwhelming. It's, it's nice, you know, it's nice to see the looks on their faces when they walk away with food and the things they need. There were too many tornadoes to count, and by daylight, too much rubble to search as the death toll ticked upward throughout most of today. This roar just goes through your whole body. It, it's just, uh, and you know it's above you somewhere, and you don't know where it's going to come down when it's dark. From Kentucky to Alabama, the violent storm system unleashed tornadoes across seven states. The uh, Churches of Christ disaster relief effort truck arrived, and it's being uh, downloaded, and we will be dispensing that to the neighborhood. They know that uh, uh, our hearts are in the right place if we're working uh, with the community and with Churches of Christ disaster relief effort in this way. And I really appreciate the water. Thank you. And we have seen many tear-filled eyes and uh, choking voices and folks asking for whatever help we can give. There are four things that make uh, this organization a success. Uh, one is the cash to carry it on. Two is uh, the volunteers to do what we do. And three is this facility 
and four is the staff that we have. Even our truck drivers, I can't say enough about them. Our truck drivers are volunteers, and so uh, it's just uh, unbelievable. We're on the corner of Charlotte Pike and Moreau Road, and you can see the parking lot of the Pet Boys behind me flooded. Cars are floating everywhere. The dumpster trash floating in the streets. People are trapped inside stores. You can see they're climbing on roofs. There's a water rescue going on right now. God's amazing grace. This is what this is right here. I'm Lynn Cook, Director of Development for the Churches of Christ Disaster Relief. It has been my job for some 12 years to travel extensively throughout the United States, speaking on behalf of what we do and how we respond in time of disaster. We've recently acquired the assistance of men situated in strategic areas throughout the United States to help me to better acquaint you and to communicate with you as to what we stand for and what we do. Dwayne Castile, a veteran gospel preacher, is working in the Northeast. Chuck Evans, a veteran gospel preacher who also has worked in our warehouse for a number of years, is working in the Midwest. We're hoping that you'll be able to contact us, that you might learn more of what Churches of Christ Disaster Relief uh, really stands for and what it does in time of major disaster. This week we've been uh, providing uh, supplies, materials uh, to uh, victims of the flood here in, in Davidson County. We was down at River Park. We was flooded out. Yeah. Okay. We, we flooded out. We lost every single thing. We have nothing but clothes. We was able to save a lot of clothes because I stuffed them up in the closet, but Annette, the, the water was here. Mm -hmm. So we lost, we lost everything. We, we seek help to help us to, um, to, to get a lot of things that we lost. And it was a blessing that they would, the Shred Lane was here to help us to get up on our feet. There's people that really, really need. Amen. 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 There's people that really need this. We really need this stuff. I just think it's something everybody ought to get involved in. I think they ought to do something that they can help someone else, don't you? I get the pleasure of knowing maybe I've helped someone along the way. of responses and they're all very positive. Several years ago, I was a student at International Bible College, which is now Heritage uh, University in Florence, Alabama. Uh, and for spring break, it, when you're a student at International Bible College, you didn't go uh, on, you didn't go to Padre Island or Florida. You went and knocked on doors for spring break. 
and I was uh, I was sent down to Winter Haven, Florida, and a band load of us went down with a minister named uh, Brother Prentice Fivey. Prentice Fivey had been one of the student preachers uh, back before there were uh, preaching schools in the in the uh, African American churches of Christ. They would travel with Marshall Keeble. Uh, Marshall Keeble, if y'all don't know, was a minister. Uh, the last century, who's credited with baptizing 40,000 people. Uh, it was He was an amazing servant for, for God. And uh, uh, he traveled all, all over the country. And as we traveled down there, as we would go through towns in Alabama, Brother Spivey would say, I remember the night we baptized 40 people here. I remember the night we baptized 30 people in this town. And it was every town as we drove through Alabama. And it was an amazing time for the Lord's church. And uh, I tell you that because I learned how to conduct home Bible studies. I see that y'all are y'all have a program to conduct home Bible studies. Thank you for, for emphasizing that as the Lord's church because that's what we're all about. Well, I learned how to conduct home Bible studies from Prentice Fivey, who learned it from Marshall Keeble. And I think that's really kind of cool. Um, but when we got to Winter Haven, Florida, we worked with a, with a church down there, and we were in predominantly poor, really poor neighborhoods. There were a lot of Haitian refugees and, and uh, a lot of people from Jamaica, and, uh, uh, and I, we would conduct by a little one page, just do the plan of salvation and ask them for a commitment. Uh, right there on the on the spot, and some would stay and some didn't. Uh, but as we were as we were walking through the neighborhood, we encountered a girl named Sarah who was in her mid twenties, uh, and she just happened to be visiting a friend. She lived in another neighborhood, and so we set up a Bible study with Sarah, and we were going to come over and and uh, study with her. We showed up at the time we had arranged, and uh, when we got there. Uh, it was in a, brand, in a brand new neighborhood, and it was all uh, beautiful brand new houses in a row, and Sarah was a new mom. Uh, she had two little kids and uh, was in a brand new house, and we sat at her dinner table, and of course I turned my Bible upside down and read her, I had her read for herself the scriptures and the plan of salvation. When we got through, I looked up, I asked her if she'd like to be baptized, and Sarah was this beautiful black woman, and she was just weeping. And I said, Sarah, why are you crying? And she said, I have been studying with two men for months, and they would come every week and study with me. When they would leave, I would read my Bible, and I knew what they were teaching was not true. And she said, I have prayed every night for God to send me someone that would teach me the truth. And I know from my own study of the Bible that what you're teaching me is the truth. And she obeyed the gospel. We, we baptized her. And from that, I learned something important. When people are in transition, they are open to the gospel. That's when they are the most open to the gospel. That's why God said, well, that's why Jesus said, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. Because when people are in need and they're praying for help, they're going to be open to somebody to somebody teaching them the gospel. And 
Uh, Y'all, there are Sarahs out there, and there are a lot of people that are going through disaster that are just praying for somebody to help them. And when somebody shows up with a box of food or a refrigerator uh, or a bed to sleep in or just if they've gone through a disaster, just some shoes and a purse. I mean, when they've had to lose everything, I, I can't tell you what an impact it has on people. And that's what it's all about is doing it in the name of the Lord. And I, I wear a pen. Uh, this, this pen is the President's Award for Volunteerism that I got for putting in 500 volunteer hours for the Red Cross in one year. Some of y'all probably have the same pen, only you have the Lifetime Award, which is for a whole lot more hours than that. But, uh, but I, I can tell you it's, it's a whole lot different doing it in the Lord's name than it is just in, in the name of the, of the Red Cross. And I loved working for the Red Cross. I love it so much more doing, doing it for the Lord's church. Uh, Y'all, uh, thank you for letting me speak to the congregation here. Like I say, for a kid from Floresville, Texas, speaking at MacArthur Park is a big deal. Uh, and I and I appreciate it. Uh, and uh, I know that there's uh, uh, this morning we witnessed a, a beautiful baptism, and we have a brand new brother in Christ, and that was awesome. Uh, if there's anyone that would like to respond to the gospel tonight and be baptized, uh, they're uh, the the brethren here are ready. Uh, or if you you have some need in your life if if there's something that you need the prayers of the church you have brothers and sisters here that are ready to pray for you uh or if you'd like to place membership uh tonight would be a good time to do it if you have any need we invite you to come as we stand and sing have you been to jesus for the cleansing power are you washed in the blood of the lamb are you fully trusting in his grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood?